Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got an amazing freelance motion designer who's been doing some extraordinary things with his YouTube channel. So we're going to be talking about that. I'd like to say a massive welcome to Ben Marriott. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Blair. It's great to be on. You're a motion designer based in Melbourne. Do you want to just uh, take a few minutes and explain your current situation as a freelancer? Well, I'm actually based in Sydney, but oh, I will forgive Sydney. you for that. Are you from <laughs> Melbourne or you're bu- – no, not at all? No, not from Melbourne at all. No. Uh, been, th- been down there once, twice. For no Maybe. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. I'll be down there again this year. But, yeah, my current setup is I'm a freelance motion designer in Sydney. Um, I mainly do 2D kind of After Effects looking motion design with like heavily illustration based. So my background is as an illustrator. So I, you know, learned that first and then decided to, you know, I wanted to make those move, make them move and animate. So now I'm, I've been freelance since the beginning of last year. And then about, you know, March, April this year, I started to, you know, I started a YouTube channel and I hope that, you know, that would, you know, help diversify part of my, you know, income and life and the type of work I get to do. So that's what I've, you know, been up to. It makes a whole lot more sense now that you've been doing so much work for Buck because I was thinking that you're, it would have been hard being based in Melbourne, but being based in Sydney, that makes so much more sense. Yes, definitely. A lot, <laughs> it made it a lot easier. You know, they're, very, they're just a 20 minute walk away from my house. So, you know, it's a very, very pleasant walk in the morning. So um, working there with Gareth and Lucas and the rest of the team? Yes, exactly, yeah. And it's such a, a, an amazing place to work. Like every time I'm in there, I'm like, there's so many talented people in here doing so much awesome stuff. It's really you know, inspiring. And I've learned you know, so much just from my short time being there. Yeah, it's um, the fastest way to grow is being in an environment that just has exceptional talent. Yeah, definitely. And it it's kind of my first time being part of a, like making projects as part of a big team. The previous places I've worked, I've either been, you know, the only motion designer or we worked on projects that were so small that it didn't make sense to put more than one person on them. Yeah. So it, being part of a team, it's it's helped me a lot to, you know, I suppose let go of creative control because I was always a bit of a, you know, control, a bit of a control freak wanting to, you know, I want to design it. So no one else can animate. I need to animate it because I, I know how it's meant to be. But then working there, like within the first hour, I'm like, well, all these people are better are better at me. <laughs> so if we let them do it, the, the product will be better because, you know, they've got like specialist cell animators and, you know, people that are just gone at every single, every single aspect of the, of the, you know, of the process. There's someone who's, you know, really specialized in that. So, you know, it makes sense to, you know, spread it out. So now I'm much more comfortable in a collaborative environment. That's awesome. So I'm just wondering, um, what other studios have you freelanced for as a freelancer over the last year and a half? Last year, year and a half, um, Paper Moose is a studio in Sydney. I did some freelance work for. Uh, you may not know them. I we did the an EPA, the campaign for the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, and we did a you know they do the Don't Be a Tosser campaign. Which so I got to make some fun. Yeah, yeah, I got to make some uh, animations for that involving you know some sea creatures that are you know kissing in between some cigarettes and stuff and that was really fun i felt that was like the first project that i actually you know for a client that actually got to put a lot of my own kind of design and you know style into as well i've seen that project and it really does reflect your look 
and the look that you have is really visible on your YouTube channel with your tutorials. But I'll have a link to your portfolio because there's some great work in there and you've got a few of those executions from that campaign on your site as well. Uh, definitely. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, that, that one was a real lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was really great to put you know, lots of my own style in there. They kind of just, you know, said, hey, we think you'd be great for this. Just, you know, do what you do, really, which was, you know, a great brief to have. You've worked on a number of different um, brands for projects such as Google and Emirates, Converse, Dropbox, Twitter, Coca-Cola, KFC, Red Bull. These are some pretty big brands which across the board will use a variety of different styles. What I really love about your work is that it has a look and a feel that I feel like is your voice developing at the moment. Oh, thank you. I think that's uh, definitely something I, I try to have. I'm sorry, there might be a truck going in the background. I've done my best to soundproof the, the studio, but I can only <laughs> do so much. I, I, I can only do so much in the, in the, in the mean streets of Redfern. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I really would love to have my work to have a unique voice. I feel as though that's a lot harder to do yeah. in the motion design world. Like I come from an illustration background where that's very much, you know, you kind of think that, you know, you have to kind of have a, a you know, unique style in order to be marketable in order to get specific work. I mean, most of the time, the work you, that you do get, even in illustration, when you've got a unique style, is just trying to fit into, a, you know, a client's existing brand or look. Yeah. So I've tried as much as I can to put my work into, you know, that, uh, into this sort of, I suppose, put myself in a little box that, you know, because they say, you know, if you don't put yourself in a box, they'll put, they'll put one, they'll put you in one for you. So I've decided, you know, mine's going to be, you know, this 2D illustration with lots of texture. And like, I, that's certainly not all the work I do. Most of my work, you know, probably 80% of the work I do for any sort of clients is not in that style, yeah. but uh, that doesn't go on the portfolio. That doesn't go on the website. So, so the, the impression I give off is, you know, that's the work I do so that then I get more of that work. But, you know, that, that certainly was, you know, when I'm making my show reels, a conscious decision, even though there was work that, you know, could get me hired for more projects. It was, you know, a calculated risk of like, well, I, in the long term, I'd much prefer to be just doing the projects that, you know, are in the style that I'm most comfortable in. So, you know, I'll put those aside and, you know, if a client really wants to, really wants, you know, to see my sneak dirty corporate stuff. I've got, you know, a private Vimeo link, you know, yeah. for that type of thing. But ideally I, I, ideally I don't do any of that work and mainly just, you know, the fun stuff, which I know is very much a, you know, eating, eating only the dessert and skipping the vegetables. No, it's know? really impressive. And I congratulate you for curating your own work to such a degree to really refine what people are seeing and, and what they are going to hire you for. I think that it's, it's really ballsy but it's actually something that's said a lot you know if you put work on your website or your reel that isn't the type of project that you want to be doing that'll probably be the one that somebody says oh can you do something like that definitely yeah and i think if you and also like a lot of my work in my latest show reel i, th I think 60 percent of it is all personal projects yeah. as well just because i wanted to make you know stuff that you know i you know because I didn't have as much paid opportunities to do that work. Yeah. So I find it so if you want to work in, you know, a specific style or do more of that work, you just, you know, kind of have to do it and keep doing it. And then eventually people will, you know, start paying you for it, ideally. It's interesting. It's quite similar to when you're a student and you're starting out. A lot of the work that's on a reel is personal. And then as you start working for 
places and having commercial work, you put that on your reel. And now you're going through a second stage of refining the type of work that you're wanting to do and making sure that it's um, really reflectant of where you're heading for your future career. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That's awesome. Something to really think about um, when when putting together showreels and websites and portfolios. Now, if we're going to like nail down into a piece of work, I, I think uh, what is what is Goon is a hilarious um, personal project that one shows your own personal humor, but two, your the style of work that you're aiming to do. Yeah, thank you. Um, I assume I assume is Goon a thing over in New Zealand. I assume it would be. We know it from um, so many people coming to Australia, so we know what a Goon sack is by the mere fact that we come to Australia. It's not something that we use daily, but I think uh, it's not <laughs> used more because of that Australian influence. Do you want to um, describe for the global listeners what a Goon or a Goon sack is? Oh yes. Well, I will for the international audience. Well, of course. I have a video for exactly yeah. this purpose, but for the for the audio only listener. So, um, is, um, so we'll have a link to that and all the other work we talk about. So maybe stop for a minute, have a look at the video, and it will make a whole much more sense. But for those who are just listening, uh, Ben, take it away. Okay, so a goon sack or a goon box or goon is it's the combination. It's a, a cask wine. It's wine in a bag, normally in a large amounts, two to four liters, and it's sold extremely cheap. Uh, in Australia. So you can get probably like four liters of wine for, I think it's like $12 or something like that. So it's it's the cheapest standard drink you can get in Australia by far. And it's incredibly convenient because, you know, it's in a little cask. Often people, oh, and it's, it's got this iconic sort of silver sort of um, bag. Sort of, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and often, often people will you'll drink it and then you can blow it um, you know, in, you know, inflate it, you know, with your mouth and then seal it. So you've got a little pillow to sleep on in the park is, you know. After you've finished your goon sack. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> yes, many, many university days were, you know, I, ha- I have I have fond memories and obscured memories because, because of the goon. <laughs> and, and was it those memories that made you devote so much time and energy to a personal project on the subject? Um, kind of, I wouldn't say I'm that particularly into, you know, Goon isn't a, you know, a daily experience for me anymore. Uh, I could say it, it wasn't that much of a consistent experience for me back then, but there was always, um, there was consistent results whenever it was involved. Yep. And it, I think it's certainly, I think like every, almost everyone in Australia has, you know, an almost identical memory of, you know, of when they first begin drinking of like, oh, this is what you do, you know, with your friends out on the, you know, in the cricket pitch. Yeah. Something that I have seen from you is in the past few months, some regular releases of tutorials on your YouTube page, and they're starting to pick up some real momentum with them being noted around around the world, actually, and um, some in particular is your um, look at AI, but also um, the style of tutorial that you're doing that's been really informative, really fun. I think people are appreciating the style of your teaching methods. Do you want to talk to everyone oh. about your channel? Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. I well, I started this in March or April, I believe. I think we're I think we're six months in now, and I've made the idea was to do you know I've done one a week, and then a few, and occasionally I'll do uh, two a week if I think you know either if I think uh, this tutorial is a bit you know not light, but I think, all right, it's a light one. I'll I'll chuck in a bonus one, 
or if um or if it's sponsored or something like that or slightly you know off what people are expecting i want them to know all right you can expect at least one you know good good quality tutorial every week yeah and then something that's maybe a little bit different if i want to experiment and yeah i've been doing it so i think i've released i think we've released 30 now so it seems like it's gone like it's gone really fast like i can't i can barely remember even recording like number 25 because it seems like there's so much so much has to, has to happen in, for each one to be made and it's great that you know yeah they're picking up way way faster than i was ever expecting this to happen i started this project as as a kind of a little test to like build something in the long term for the future so we're like oh well if i you know if i start releasing these now and do it consistently once a week in a few years, five, ten years, even I'll have this, you know, I'll have this thing that I've built up and I'm not sure what I'll be doing with it exactly. But I think, you know, having uh, an audience, uh, certainly a larger audience in a few years time will help whatever I want to be doing a lot easier. Yeah, no, it's really smart. And for having a channel that's only a few months old, one of your videos has got you know, a quarter of a million views and it's only been out for a month. It's, it's really, really healthy um, audience that you've already picked up. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's been the biggest, you know, that the biggest thing that's overwhelmed me is how, how quickly people have, you know, kind of gotten attached, attached to it. Like, yeah. I mean, you see, like, I mean, YouTube gives you the analytics graph and it's kind of like, you know, this sort of exponential sort of growth, like the first few months, it's kind of you know, relatively, you know, static. And then once like a couple of videos, like one video like really took off the AI one and um, and then I did one uh, collaborating with Burnt Toast Creative, a Canadian illustrator as well. And I released those back to back and that, over that month, you know, when one of them takes off, it kind of helps all the other videos on the channel yeah. get attention. And yeah, within, I think within three weeks, the channel went from 20,000 to 60,000 subscribers. And that was yeah, ridiculously, ridiculously fast. And, you know, I said at the beginning of this project, I said, you know, little, you know, goals to get, you know, I think I wanted 10,000 subscribers by the end of this year. So, you know, we're we're well beyond that now. So, you know, now we're all in, you know, in in bonus territory. That's really, really encouraging. I'm look, I just um, had a look at the AI one and that's actually, you know, um, almost 674,000 views. That's epic. And it's only been out for a month. That's really good for such a young YouTube channel. Yeah, I know that that's crazy, and I, I definitely, you know, the week after that, I jumped, I jumped on and quickly made another AI animation tutorial to try to, you know, le- you know, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so I did that one, like, oh, do one, do one quickly. So the, the next AI one, I just kind of recorded in in a day, and you know, recorded and edited it and uh, pushed it up live. And I've got another one planned, but I'm going to take you know longer with this one to make you know to make sure it's you know a good quality, because when I release that AI. AI one that's with them um, animating with AI. I sort of use this software to animate the Simpsons and it's kind of a style transfer software where it takes, you input an image of a style you want to reference and then you put an image sequence of your source and it kind of applies that style to the, to the image you've made, but it, you kind of have to really match it close with the existing frames. So it's advertised as using it for, you know, to add a painterly style to sort of video footage. And I thought, there's so many examples of that. What if I tried to do it on some animated footage and see if I can, you know, up res and change the style of an animation? Yeah. But that was that was one that was r- pretty different content for the channel. So that one, I, I all there was many times I almost didn't upload it because I thought this is going to, you know, 
it's going to mess with the flow. People won't people won't like it. People will go to see, go to the channel page and go, oh, he's doing content all over the place. This isn't consistent. I'm not interested. But uh, for the first three weeks uh, or two weeks that it was uploaded, it was the um, it was the the least viewed video I'd made and was you know and uh, didn't have any traction at all. And then suddenly, I have no idea where from YouTube just started recommending it, and then people started watching it, and it I suppose yeah, took off and you know found some audience that's outside of the of the my very you know immediate close emotion design you know sort of sort of area yeah it's an awesome video that we'll have a link to it's animating with ai your use case is really quite different as you said from others that's where you can really start thinking about well how am i going to use this technology that's where the exciting part is you mix it up definitely and i think uh like ai is something that i'm really interested in and i think it's something that's going to affect like not only our industry but like every industry on the planet in the next you know 10 to 15 years and i think also another kind of insidious reason i started making videos about ai is because you know if ai does take all the motion design jobs in (laughs) um, over the next you know couple of decades which i don't think it will but if it does um, there'll at least be, you know, there'll be a job for someone who can to tell people about it. So <laughs> if I, I can, I, I can, I can have that job at least. Yeah, nice. Well, you're thinking about long term, which is always a good thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just thinking the quality of your content, which is really, you know, being able to curate what you're putting into any channels that you've got. But your YouTube channel, it's really high quality tutorials. I'm thinking a lot of planning must go into it. And um, how are you picking your topics? Like, how are you finding the content that you want to create for that channel? Ah, well, I have, it does take quite a lot of planning. I think a video, it it depends. Ideally, like some of them, like the ones I'm recording now, like I'm editing one today. And like that one's been planned for, I think, two weeks. But some of them are like months, months like ahead ahead of time because if I'm doing one one a week I kind of have to schedule out what I want to make ahead of time so I have you know time to make the design make the animation record it edit it do all the um other post sort of effects on there and also if I'm collaborating with people I need to you know organize that and if there's sponsors involved they need to check and review the videos before they before they go live so it takes a, a lot of planning even though I mean sometimes you can just you know it, it kind of seems like, oh, I just want to, you know, make something, jump on the computer, make it and have it uploaded the next day. It kind of doesn't, well, my process doesn't really work like that. I mean, for that AI one, that was really the quickest turnaround. So, you know, it can can be done. But, uh, yeah, generally I, you know, I have, have them all planned. And, like, at the moment I think I've got them planned up until mid-October. And that though I kind of, it kind of feels like, no, I've got my schedule that I have to work to now. Yeah. And it not takes the fun out of it, but it certainly, you know, it makes it more like, a, a, a job, which I think is, you know, I think it's part of the reason why it's taken off because I have that sort of approach to it. But yeah, it takes it takes a, a lot of time and a lot of planning. My ideas that I where I get them from, it's mainly just what are some cool effects that I've found that I think will be useful. Like a lot of them, I've gotten from projects that I've worked on recently. Yeah. Like some of the projects that I've worked on at Buck, I've been in charge of, you know, designing some animation systems for certain elements. So I thought, ah. Oh, I've, you know, in each project, I've learned a little trick that I could that I could use uh, somewhere. So, you know, I'll make my own design and apply it to 
something else and then you know just try to explain why this why this works this way and i also have for the content on the channel i tend to really i want to show the really useful practical sort of workflow and process techniques and that's the kind of thing that doesn't really translate well to a like a thumbnail and a title which is you know that's which is what youtube demands so like the because i think you know the most important thing about animation isn't you know your, your snazzy effects that you know you add on afterwards all the, your cool lighting and glossy stuff it's you know the the substance the content of the animation how things move the anticipation yeah the structure and the context of how everything works but you know labeling titling a video like you know the best best content for you you know like how to, how to produce substantial content for motion design no one's no one's searching for that people want to know how do i get like sick glow effects and make hectic lightsabers and that type of thing so I try to, you know, create like a, a design that's, you know, going to look good on the thumbnail and catch eyes and, you know, maybe have a, you know, a bit of a, a captivating title, but then sort of sneak in the, the important workflow and process techniques of, you know, why, why would you do this effect? Not just, you know, how to get it done. So you're sticking the um, broccoli in with the ice cream, eh? Ideally, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent description. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And, so, you know, even if people don't like it, they, they're getting it in there and they hopefully they don't realize it. You're doing an exceptional job. And I did, I actually think that a lot of people will appreciate these tutorials for that. Ultimately. Oh, thank you. These are the things that you pick up when you're around other motion designers or you get taught them at school. So for people to just reflect on them, even anticipation and um yeah all these little bits and your tips and tricks videos i've sent them to people who are just starting out in the industry and it's like now they have a channel which is really well curated with what's in there and that's massive because it's like you know you're not digging through screeds and screeds of rubbish to find the good stuff like having a source like yourself as a good go-to for that key knowledge is really important for people to have no, oh, thank you. Yeah, I did find that, you know, like like there's like so many like tutorial channels on YouTube and, you know, some of them are amazing and some of them aren't. And it's really, it's hard to know, especially going going into it, um, like, you know, what, you know, <laughs> what you're going to get, like what type of quality you're going to get. Like, is this going to be 20 minutes of someone uh, rambling or is this going to be, you know, two minutes or someone just gets straight, straight to the point? Because I think people try to consume tutorials in a few ways. I think if you want... Most of the time, people just want to know a solution to an exact problem that they're having. So they want to they want to Google it and they want to know within the first few seconds what's going to happen. Will this solve my problem? And, you know, people might skip all over the place to try to find it because normally it's like the, the deadline's in, in two hours. We need to know why my commas aren't showing up in my text using this expression or, or something yeah. like that. But I think I'd like to make content that's a bit more, you know, hey, you know, sit down, watch this and, you know, Maybe learn a bit more about you know the, the process of you know animation, not just a quick fix to what you're having at the moment. But you know, ideally, there's a bit of that. You know, I've done the other videos, yeah, like I did the the 50 After Effects quick sort of hack secrets kind of thing, the quick tips, because I think you know that's a kind of more of a clickbaity one. Yeah. You know, I'll put this sort of that's a, like a little fish hook I'm putting out into the YouTube water to people like, oh, I want to know 50 quick things, and uh, and that yeah, that that's one you know. That I think, you know, certainly there's less substance in that, but I think that's handy because that's a lot of things like I can't make an entire video about, you know, why why guide layers are a good thing to use in After Effects. But, you know, I can include it. I can talk about it for 20 seconds as part of a larger video and hope that's, you know, 
that that's useful to someone, you know, just starting out. Yeah, um, I think it will be really valuable. I I watched it and I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna count the ones that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. There's because anyone in, in the industry that's been there for a long time, like some of them are so basic, every, you're gonna know most of them. I tried to put the first the first one or two. I tried to make all right these one the people might not know but by the end i'm like all right here's what soloing layers are like most people will know that you know if you're just starting out you might not know you like no one's ever you don't there's so much hidden stuff in after effects that if you're not told specifically about it you don't you don't realize it and like i'm still discovering stuff like almost every week yeah well i've been using the after effects for like 21 years now so a while you're a real (laughs) so i and i there were still four that i didn't know so oh four excellent but, good i'm proud yeah. of that excellent. so um you can make it into a bit of a game and see um how many how many you do know and if you get the full suite uh let, let us know in the select group yeah definitely give it the after effects tips bingo it <laughs> uh, could be a good um drinking game for a few motion nerds out there but anyway <laughs> and getting onto it <laughs> absolutely um Sponsorship. Sponsorship and videos like this and content are really necessary to make it even viable to create. But what I really like about your sponsorship is how well integrated and how fun it is. You're really, you're, you know, it's it's enjoyable to watch that section of your content. Oh, good. Thank you. We've only had a couple of sponsors like that have released videos on at the moment. But yeah, I think the Storyblocks one might be the one you're talking about with all the yeah. stock footage. Because that, yeah, that was that was the first sponsored video. And I didn't want to like you know be seen as you know selling out. I, I think people understand you got to sponsor these videos. So I don't think anyone you know worst case scenario someone skips for thirty seconds and you know and and they're fine with it. But I kind of wanted to you know have a lot of fun with it. So I just used this month. So they're a stock footage company, and I just used whole all of their stock footage that's like was really ridiculous and silly, and just like put them all back to back to try to that kind of relates to what I'm talking about, the product, to kind of show that, you know, stock footage, you don't just have to use it as, you know, corporate filler for your videos. You can also have weird fun with it and make, you know, kind of silly video art with it. Not that I'm claiming what I did was, you know, art in any way, <laughs> but, you know, that it was, you know, you could just have have fun and make silly stuff. And luckily the, the sponsor was cool with that. I was worried they'd come back and say, what are you doing? Are you taking the piss out of my company? do some serious stuff. I want people need to know about drone shots and after effects templates that we can offer. I'm like, no, oh, that's, that's the boring stuff. I want to, I want to show them all the, the weird, awkward, you know, people shaking hands in an office while they, you know, making eye contact at each other for, you know, 20 seconds and not blinking. That's the, you know, the content I, you know, <laughs> that's what I think is going to be the most entertaining. Yeah. It, I, I really enjoyed it. It reminded me, um, I saw a, a video from a stock site that, ah, oh, I wish I could remember it now. But it was um, exceptionally well done. Where it's like, uh, and here's a shot of our ethnic diversity, and you know, it's like going through all the tropes mm-hmm. of stock stock footage. But it was actually showing off the level of content that they had, and um, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed watching that. And, and your video made me smile in a similar way. It's been um, knowing knowing the people who are looking for this content. Uh, thinking exactly the same thing. Uh, I've got to find another office shot with, uh, you know, ticking off these boxes. So you're playing playing up to the crowd who is going to be looking at this content anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I think I don't think anyone anyone who's looking for stock footage isn't going to be turned off by oh they just have the silly stuff because I showed some of the you know the prettiest stuff in there as well. So if you look at see that, but uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people can use their imagination. They know, look, it's a stock site. You're going to get stock footage. You know, it there's not much I can say on here that's going to convince someone, you know, someone else, of, you know, or turn them off it by being silly with it. I think it's just going to, you know, make them think, oh, they're a company that's willing to have fun as well. Awesome. So something we'll definitely have the link to this channel and check it out, everyone. There's in every um, tutorial, there's so much great info and they're really well crafted that they aren't long. They get to the point, but they're chocker filled with um, great information from Ben. Your style really comes through. I've said this earlier, but it's this um, artistic, illustrative, um, organic, rough and edges, but you're still using a lot of the elements within After Effects, like shape layers and things like that, but finding ways to make them a lot more illustrative. Is that something that yeah. is just naturally part of your workflow, having come from an illustration background and now a motion designer using After Effects a lot? Yes, definitely. Like when I was working as a freelance illustrator, like almost all of my work was, um, well, it was, it started out, I used to like draw like ink, ink on paper and then I do like textures in it and textures and color in Photoshop and stuff like that. And it used to be a lot more hand, handmade, a lot more like fluid lines and, you know, different line weights because of the ink pen having to adapt to, you know, a digital, um, like a more digital process just to make it easier for changes and for clients and stuff like that. I just slowly had to figure out ways to make it look hand-drawn and then coming into animation, that was another sort of challenge. Like how do I make my animation look like my, the work that I like doing, which is all textured and all handmade and ha how to do that all inside, you know, After Effects and, and Illustrator. Yeah, it was just a process of, you know, I feel as though for, like all the projects I do in After Effects, I've done in After Effects the last five years has been trying to make these, you know, vector shapes or, you know, these elements from Photoshop look hand-drawn. So I've kind of worked out, you know, all of my little tricks and, you know, my tricks of the trade to sort of make things look handmade. And I, I use probably the same sort of three sort of effects and techniques across all of my, the animations, especially the, the ones I want to do in my style. You know, if other ones I'm doing, you know, at you know 30 frames per second with, you know, crazy shape layers with a super smooth, uh, you know, I, I, I'd leave that behind. But otherwise I try to have, I like to have everything a bit rough, a bit of texture in there, a reasonably low frame rate and kind of, I want to, I think my process with animation, which is my same process with digital illustration, is to make as little, I want the audience to see as little of the computer as possible in the work. Because I think people can, if they see work that, you know, if someone sees a painting, they understand, oh, wow, I, that's, that's a painting. That's impressive that someone's painted that. I can imagine that's a person with a brush with paint. Like, I've tried that and I'm not very good at it. So for someone to do it really well, that's impressive. But I think if someone sees, someone might see a Pixar movie and we know that that takes an incredible amount of work, but someone might, but to a layperson, that's like, oh, well, the computer made that. That that wasn't a person that made that. The computer did that. So I think as much as you can show of you know the human hand in in the work, uh, I think it sort of gives it some sort of value that people might not be able to see otherwise. I think you know for people in the industry, like as we understand, you know, oh, that's incredible. Like you know, if they've if, if there's a, a well lit piece of three D, I'm like. Mm. A lot of work went into, you know, tweaking the, the renderer there and setting up all the specular business on there. But, you know, not everyone will, will notice that. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, something that I really notice in your work and I think probably comes from the illustrative background as well as the use of color and such strong, vibrant color really, um, really pops like um, another sort of artistic choice about the voice that you're creating for yourself with that. 
Uh, kind of. I always think I, I think that I really I really struggle with color. Like when previously I used to only color using gradient maps, so I'd draw everything in black and white where I'd um, just get the values how I want them, so everything had a lot of contrast, and then I'd chuck a gradient map over the top in Photoshop, map the the blacks to you know black, and then the and then the mids to you know red, and the highlights to purple or something, and then I'd use that to color for me. And then slowly with working lots of projects, so, you know, I can't do that with everything. It took me years to find out, you know, you could use CC toner and After Effects to get a similar result in there. But really making things so bright recently has kind of been a product of like, I find that really sticks out on the Instagram feed. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, a way I've kind of compromised, like compromised myself to like, all right, if I do things bright, I kind of look a bit, you know, it'll, it'll stand out a little bit more because my instinct is to just go really sort of dull and like muted and subtle. But I think, you know, that doesn't, that might not play as well, but like, that's definitely a thing, you know, I'm not proud of that. I think, you know, you should, you know, always make work that, you know, the work that you want to make and people will follow and should follow you for that. But, you know, that I think it definitely I do make a conscious effort to like, mm, I should make the background color, you know, a, a, like a contrasting color to this. Because yeah. like, a lot of the time I just, you know, I want to use something on a black background because it's, oh, it's either in space or I just think, you know, it stands out well on a black background. But now recently I'm like, well, it could be red and let's see how that works. And I've kind of been playing a little more with um, using color in that way. But yeah, that, that, that was an effort and, and a look that's been defined by, by the tools, <laughs> really. Earlier, I mucked up and said that you were from Melbourne. I like to own mm -hmm. my mistakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we've both been to Melbourne for NodeFest. I've been a couple of times and you've been at least once. I, I have only been right. once. Yes, last year was my first yeah. time. Did we bump into each other? I'm not sure. We did. We did bump into each other. And I, I spoke to you. I was, I was very drunk. And I, I mentioned, like, I, I talked about the music you were posting in the pro video podcast Slack. I was like, oh, I really like, I like that album that you posted. And I don't think we were far too many drinks in first to understand what the other was talking about. But it was, it was very brief and, and but polite. You were very oh, it was wicked. I, um, I was hitting that bar pretty hard early. So mm -hmm. Probably lucky to be standing at that point. But. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to catching you again this year and having a good catch up. And uh, you are presenting this year. Yes, that's right. I'm presenting this year. This, so this is that's very exciting. Last year was my first year. And besides like the handful of illustrators I'd, and a handful of animators I'd worked with like in my in like my staff positions, which were about two or three, I only knew one other person who was in the industry last year when I went down, and that was just someone who reached out to me and we like caught up for a beer in Sydney. So I only knew one person at at the whole event last year. So you know, very excited to be going back presenting. Yeah, so you know, very excited about awesome. that. Awesome. That's what I really liked about going last year was um, catching up with so many people I've met the first year. So the first year it was like I felt a bit out of water and I think anybody that's going to NodeFest you'll find that that every year it feels like it's more of a catching up with new friends that you've made from other years so it's really I'm really really excited and looking forward to it as well definitely that's well I think that's the main thing I'm excited about is you know the after party and just meeting everyone yeah. so you've got a lot on your plate freelancing and coming up with the content for the channel and at the moment, I suppose um, the presentation's a bit on the mind as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Very, that is very present on the mind at the moment is putting together the presentation for NodeFest. I've submitted my outline, so I've got it that ready to make. 
like I've got you know got that to fill out and add add all the graphics and and do lots of lots of practice yeah. lots and lots of practice I'm planning before the event. Well, I won't I won't um, dig you for any um, surprise sneak peeks. With the work that you're doing for the YouTube channel must be a really good practice for that kind of presenting as well. Definitely, I I think so. One of the things like my one of my goals this year was to get a lot better at presenting my work, and I think just having those amount of hours of just you know recording yourself and figuring out you know how to how to phrase things yep. and in what order you should say 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 things and what you know what process and you know how to, how to arrange sort of a content that it's you know uh, manageable for a person to to, to understand has been some good practice in there I think I, let's see how how that transfers into a, into a live presentation where I can't you know pause and edit and you know <laughs> just you know work in my underwear but we'll see. I do kind of know what you mean because for the say the podcast, I started yeah. out by writing lots and lots of notes and um, having lots of research. And then I was, I didn't want to just ask questions though. So then I, I simplified it by doing research, but just writing down one or two key words to spark a thought in my mind that I thought would be a good kickstart. How do you approach, say, the tutorials and then even doing a presentation where is it a, like a script that you're following? For my tutorials, I follow I follow a pretty closely to a script. So they start off with me, either like I get the idea of the, the, for the tutorial. I'll normally try to make whatever I'm going to show first so I know all the processes and what order to do things in. So I'm not, because I'm now very um, very aware of like, if I give someone the wrong order to do something in, that will mess someone up, you know. So because they're, if they're following along, if they do it, and and yeah, they're probably following the order that I'm telling them. So I want to be pretty confident that this is, if not the optimum way to do it, because there's always you know a different way to do things in After Effects. This is an effective way that's going to be useful because I don't want you know the first page of comments to be, hey, why don't you do it this way? This is much easier. Sometimes that has happened and it's great, and I've learned from that. And then I've done follow up videos on better ways to do things. But I, I start off with um, designing the animation. Excuse me. And then and then I write pretty much just a script of what, I, what I'm going to say for, a t for like a seven-minute video. The script's like, I think, a thousand words around about. Uh, and then I pretty much, you know, um, set up the project file to where because I normally don't build an animation completely from scratch. I will, you know, do a certain element from scratch. Sometimes I build them from scratch, but normally I'll build an animation and say if it's about, you know, adding green shading, which is one I do, do all, I've done a couple of videos on, I will, you know, just remove all the shading elements and build those from scratch. So we'll start off with, you know, a character that's already rigged. And I'll say, hey, this character's rigged. You know, you can do, apply this to anything you want. Here's how you apply shadows to this particular thing. But I normally follow it, yeah, pretty much a strict script so i um i have that on my second monitor next to me so i'll normally read i, I figure out oh what's the, my next action that i'm going to take i read off the next sentence while performing that uh, while screen recording it and then i'll um pause just take a second to figure out the next sentence and then do that action and just sort of refer back and forth i kind of i don't necessarily i do two read-throughs first just reading the script so i'm pretty familiar with it so i'm not you know um, so I know the content, so I don't have to, you know, go back and read it word for word. Some sections I do make sure I read word for word. If there's a lot of, you know, sp specific things about this effect that, you know, you need to do this in this order. Like, so I'm like, 
if I'm talking about turbulent displace, I want to know make sure I'm saying what's the amount and what's the size because those are very different properties. But they're, they're very easy to confuse if you're just you know speaking off the cuff. But a lot of the times, I know you know what I'm saying. I'm just go all right now. Just draw your shape layer over here. Let's add some feathering. Press this on the keyboard to get that. And I've kind of gotten more used to being able to you know go off script a little bit to make it ideally sound a bit more natural and playful. But I don't want it to be sort of rambling and unrelated to the content. Yeah. Like like not you know that necessary because yeah, finding that balance as well is tricky. Like how much do I want to just be all right? Here are the exact technical steps to achieve this effect versus like little conversation elements about why this is useful, what might be another way to do it, and why you know why this process is is important to do that in the first place. So that's kind of the process I use for recording the tutorials. The first tutorial I did, which is my first grain shading one, I actually. I recorded it five separate times and edited three different versions of it before I uploaded um, my first video. And that was by far overkill, but that was because I, I kind of I just tried to record it all in one take. And then I realized I can edit this. I can just take a pause and no one knows, no one sees. Yeah. Like uh, like no one no one's really worried where that my cursor was in a slightly different position um, on the screen. Like there's a little jump cut with the cursor. No one cares about that. Like. Now I'm really loose with it. Like cursors go all over the place. <laughs> and, you know, as long as the screen, um, you know, maintains a pretty similar organization and I'm not opening up windows and changing sort of the layout, it kind of, I think it works okay. Yeah, just touching back on what you're saying a little bit before about um, having a little bit more of a conversational tone in it, I think that that personality is what is really sort of sets yours apart from a lot of others that are a bit more dry. And somebody that I really respect in this space is um, Kerry Smith, and he's been a past guest, and his um, training is just outstanding. And it's just that it's that aspect that nobody else can have, which is your personality that you're adding into it. And I think it's really valuable to have that. Definitely. I think so. That was a very conscious decision when starting the channel. Like I called the channel. It's just my name. It's Ben Marriott. I'm not calling it, you know, MoGraph tips or, you know, like motion design hacks or After Effects, anything. Because like I, I, this isn't something I'm planning to build as a business and sell off to anyone or anything like that. Like it makes it a bit harder to discover at first because, you know, no one knows who I am. No one's going to be searching my name. But, you know, maybe in a few years, like, I want people to have, I think, building that relationship with someone. So they're like, oh, we'll follow. We like him, whatever he creates. I want to follow and watch it. So I think, you know, it's maybe a little harder at the start to do something under your own name. But I think it pays off when people know that it's a person or like there's a human behind it that they can see. And I always try to I show myself on camera, at least at the end of the video. I used to do it at the front as well. But then I saw, you know, the huge drop off when I show my face on camera. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll put that at the back and, you know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> people don't need to see my face. But I, I, you know, I think it's good branding to get it in there so that people recognize me Definitely. if they, you know, I'm doing a live stream or a presentation or something and sort of, you know, get myself out that way a bit. Because I think it's hard because um, like there's lots of you know, YouTube tutorial channels that I, you know, I don't know the name of the person presenting. I don't know what they yeah. look like. And if they were to do a, a presentation or like, you know, speak at a conference or something, I, I really, I wouldn't know who they were unless they show, you know, exact examples and yeah. and that type of thing on there. Maybe I'd recognize that. No, that's a really good but, point. Um, yeah. Being on camera is hard. There's a reason why this is an audio only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I definitely feel that, um, feel that pain as well when, I, when I'm on camera, when I'm on camera. Thus it's, you know, on, only at the end and only for, only for a second. <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs>
And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. This is where the audience gets to find some of your inspiration. Pro Video Pick, what would be yours, Ben? Oh, my Pro Video Pick is a new technique people may not have heard of, It's but it's really, I use it all the time and it'll honestly make your life easier. It's called actually just labeling your layers. Label your layers. Come on, people, do it. It's great. It's, it'll, it'll save your time. It'll save your life. It's, you know, it's really, it's just, it's something I badger on a lot about in my videos, but I think, you know, it makes your job easier. It makes anyone you work with's job easier and people will, you know, if you give someone an organized file, they will love you for it. Yeah. I think in the mad rush of a project, we've all just like smashed something together, but it's amazing actually just taking a little bit of time to clean it up and label it. it it's made, made it so much easier when I've come back to it in a few months time for a revision. But I also know that oh. if freelancers are coming in, it makes it easier for them to understand or vice versa. If I've been freelancing and left a project with someone, definitely those organizational tips aren't the glory part of the job, but really valuable. Yeah, definitely. I think, and if you can, like a project rarely gets more organized as you go on. So if you can start with it being as organized as possible, you'll be, you'll be, you're you're setting yourself for success, but don't, you know, don't feel terrible if you're not, we've all, we all started, we'd never labeled our layers. There was never any folders um, in your project panel, but you know, it's good. It's good practice. Yeah. Over years, I've developed a process that I sort of has stuck with for the last 10 years. But it's quite horrific when you are starting out how it's just this giant mess. And then once you learn these things, it's kind of, it's really hard to not do them after a certain amount of time. Definitely. And I've become more uh, more aware of this now because my, on the tutorials, like people can pause and look at my labels and name structures. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get caught out if I'm preaching all this stuff. And then someone goes, there's all these unnamed white solids in your comp. What are they doing? I'm like, no, they don't, you know. Don't judge me. So I, I try to, you know, be on my best behavior It's interesting. <laughs> for those reasons. I've found recently I've been doing a lot of um, work out of Illustrator for characters mm-hmm. and things like that. And I just naturally push everything to layers and label them. And then having designers look at it, that is not used to having that many layers. But as animators, you know that when you go into After Effects, it's just so much easier to do it as you're going through it rather than go definitely, back. definitely. I know some designers that you know, especially ones that don't, I don't work with animators often, and like, like there'll be you know twenty characters and all sorts of things, and there'll be one layer one in Illustrator, and that's it, and everything's on this yeah. layer, and like things aren't grouped. So like, I've got to group and separate these, and you know the strokes aren't are all you know outlined because they used to you know the fill tool rather than you know the, using it building a new shape. I'm like, oh, this is what is this? This is madness. But <laughs> like, it's how they work and it's their process. And if you're not animating it, it it works fine. But yep. there's a lot of I find like for to do you know if I'm going to animate for two hours, like probably like setting up an Illustrator file might take you know like forty minutes. Like so, it takes so much part of the process. So don't feel as though you know. If it's taking you a long while to, you know, separate an Illustrator file into layers, you know, it, it's it's worth it. It'll pay off in the long run. Yeah. I've dug into files having to, as you all know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing what you find in behind the actual graphics. <laughs> There'll be like yes. random words and, and like sort of experimental play things that are just like dumped in somewhere behind and hidden. 
Definitely. I definitely, I, I often think about, you know, doing a series, like a series, video series of, you know, like outside the canvas, like out of the ca- canvas bounds or something, yes, yes. like opening up people's illustrator's files where they can see all the iterations of a character that they've got, but, you know, without the hair or just the hair separated and floating and all the different experiments. Yeah. Cause I think that's where a lot, a lot of the fun is. And I think we all use that same, same thing. We've got this little, little, little square one, you know, 60 by nine square in the middle of the uh, illustrator project. And then just, you know, huge, so much stuff outside there. Yeah, awesome. Following, who are you following online? I think oh, the people I think uh, I'm following online is, well, there's a lot of people, lots and lots of people, but the ones I wanted to highlight are um, Rough Mercy. Rough Mercy is a kind of, he's a sort of a video artist, more than a motion designer. I don't think, I don't think in any way he'd call himself a motion designer, but he makes these really awesome, mainly like music videos, and he's done music videos for, for Tom York, I think he's done um, he's done some for I think he's done uh, for Run the Jewels as well, and they're really amazing experimental kind of he kind of defined that sort of look of someone you know rotoscoping little like lines like bursting off of people and stuff like that when they like make an impact, and but he does it so artistically and so like precisely precisely and tastefully that it's so good and he's even moved away from doing that now but it's a lot of sort of montage of footage and textures and you know drawing over characters and it's you know really really awesome stuff as well awesome. i really love his work we'll have a link to some videos yeah i've seen his work um the tom york one definitely stands out uh quite gritty mm-hmm. and um yeah a lot of texture in the footage as well that's added in kind of uh, reminds me of that yeah. illustrative um texture that comes through in your work a little bit Oh, definitely hugely inspired by him. There's lots of me going frame by frame going, all right, what is this texture? All right, he's got this sort of grain that's on twos over everything, but there's something on fours that's, you know, something else coming behind. And there's lots of me trying to figure out exactly what, you know, what what he's up to in there. Awesome, man. Awesome. We'll have a link to um, his work. Um, Inspirational Mm -hmm. video. What would be an inspirational video you'd share with everyone? The AICP sponsor reveal video. I really love just the style of this video. I it's probably the the, con, the most driest content that I'd be least interested in. Like if someone gave me this brief, I'm like, how am I ever going to make this fun or interesting? It's essentially just revealing like sponsored logos of these of these you know big companies that had sponsored this event. And I believe it's by uh, is it Run uh, Golden Golden Wolf, I think. And it's just the style is, is so good. It's all black and white. And it's all, it's really sort of dark and a bit metal. Like there's all this, you know, black letter type and like there's the Grim Reaper and there's skulls and, you know, castles and flames and all of that really cool stuff. But it's in a style that's not, that's kind of playful, but mature at the same time, which I think is such a hard balance to strike, especially drawing skulls. I think if you draw a skull, skulls are very hard to draw either without being really cartoonish and silly or being like really detailed and sort of grim. And they have this balance in this video, which is just like perfect. It's like the ideal sort of, you know, level of sort of, of, of spookiness and humor and edgy, dark metalness that I would love to have in my work. And this was like, oh, they nailed it. So I was, I was, I was and the video is like pretty long it as is. well. Yeah. So like through, so through like, and I was just entertained throughout just looking like, oh, how did they, like, how did they design these, these bricks for this castle, these flames or do something like that. And it's all 2D. And it's not hand, like there'll be some cell elements, but a lot of it I think is like just shape layers and just really awesome design in After Effects and, you know, definitely or like awesome work. Yeah, it's exceptional work and um, we'll have a link, of course. 
uh, I really enjoyed um, some of the camera moves, such as like going up the stairs around the brick wall. And yeah, it was just such a cool shot. And the, the story mm-hmm. that flows through, yeah, really well crafted, really well done. Awesome, awesome inspirational video. Thank you for that, Ben. Mm-hmm. Following you online. So where should everyone go to see your work and follow you? You should follow me definitely on YouTube, and I'm uh, Ben Marriott on YouTube. You'll be able to find me by searching. And on Instagram, I'm at uh, Ben underscore Marriott underscore, and Marriott's but with two R's and two T's. But, you know, if you're listening on the podcast, it'll be in the description or in the title. Yep. Yeah, search for Ben Marriott, M-A-R-R-I-O-T-T, and hit that subscribe button, people. Hit it, smash it, destroy it, decimate it. Oh my god, you got you got to say them. I don't say them anymore, but they tell you you've got to say those things. Otherwise, people don't know what to do on YouTube. How to follow someone? They've got no idea what to do. You have to tell them to, to smash all the buttons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so um, I forgot what my next question is. Um, who should be on the show? Yeah, that's right. That's the next one. Who should be on the show? Who would you recommend? Oh, who should be on the show? Oh my god. Yeah, you'll have to remind me who I recommended as well. Who did I say? Uh, Matthias. Oh, Matthias. Yes, Matthias. Definitely, Matthias Luton. Um, definitely get him on the show. He's he's an amazing animator. He used to work at Buck in Sydney. Now he's gone over to Vietnam, so he's living in Ho Chi Minh City, and he's just you know killing it. Just in the freelance game, he's like one of the best animators. Yeah. You know, I know he's he's incredible and such a awesome dude with great great insights on you know on the industry and you know, opinions on things awesome pick and thank you so much ben for being on the show today really appreciate it no thank you so much thanks for having me on it's been uh, an absolute been an absolute pleasure everybody you can uh, join me and ben in the pro video slate group you've been a member in there for uh, quite some time now ben yeah well yeah quite, quite some time i've been you know listening to the podcast for for ages definitely once i discovered it i went back you know like binged all of them i remember going back and looking at all the different you know the the different cover arts trying to like guess like oh this one i know like pick which episodes i want to view by the cover i'm like oh this one looks cool like oh that one's a bit more 3d maybe not maybe i want a more 2d one and yeah so definitely i've been a fan of the podcast for a long time cheers man thanks for that um yeah like really good advice everybody go back and binge all the rest of the shows Yeah, definitely. Binge them, binge them twice. And even if you have listened to them, maybe listen to them again. You'll have new insights as you've, you know, as you've expanded your own career. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for that, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show. Really been a pleasure. No worries. Thank you, Blair. Okay, everyone, have a great week and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.